the, your first 365 days is something that I can talk to you about um, if you're interested in getting involved in wine import and distribution. Uh, what comes after that, I think there's a lot of people in this room that could speak a little bit better uh, to that because I'm trying to figure that out myself right now. Um, but just to give you a little bit of background on myself, I worked for uh, a large distribution company, uh, Republic National, for about four and a, four and a half years or so, um, basically doing sales for them. And it got to a point where I absolutely loved the industry, but there was something that I wanted to do a little bit different. I wanted to be connected with my producers. I wanted to be uh, passionate about the wine uh, that I was representing and have it be more than just a bottle. Um, so, so what did I do? Um, the first thing that, if there's anything, if there's a person in this room today that wants to start as an importer, the first thing that you need to do today is you need to go to ttb.gov. You need to go to the Alcohol Tax and Trade Bureau website. It's not going to cost you any money. A lot of things uh, in getting started up, it is, uh, it's a scary thing, but the probably the least scary thing about it now that I know in retrospect is that it's not going to cost you any money. People don't really tell you that, but you can get your importer's permit, a basic importer's permit um, at ttb.gov, um, and that will last you for eternity. It doesn't expire. Um, unless you do something wrong, which hopefully you don't. Um, so once you get, once you get that, um, depending on what state you're operating out of, uh, you're gonna have to get a distribution license if you wanna distribute. Um, you're also going to have to figure out the whole COLA process. Now I bet there's some people in the room who uh, have heard of a COLA. Um, COLA stands for Certificate of Label Approval, um, and it can be one of the more frustrating things. Uh, <laughs> one of the more frustrating things that happens uh, in the world of a wine importer. Um, essentially, when you look at the back label of a bottle, uh, there's a few things that have to be on it. Um, one thing it has to say, imported by. I put Rap Capital. That's my my LLC name. Uh, another thing is you have to put uh, a health warning statement on the back label. Then you have to submit it uh, to the TTB. And this process, um, I think one thing that to take away from today if you're trying to get started up is that it's going to take a lot of time. So this is one of the things. You need to just get started. You need to go. You need to get going. When you fill out a COLA label, they may get back to you in five to seven business days. It may take 14 business days. They may just forget about it. And 30 days later, you're calling up the TTB and asking them, where's my approval? Um, there's going to be little things that happen along the way, too, that you just you need to do it so that you can figure it out. For example, uh, you would think that when you submit a label for approval, you would label the back label of a cola label as a back label. But if you do that, they'll return the label to you because you didn't submit it as a front label. I know that doesn't make any sense. Uh, you're probably like, what is he talking about? Um, but that's, that happens too.
Um, going, going a little further after you've done the, the TT, TTB process and you've got your COLA labels, um, there's one other thing to mention there, uh, which is COLA waivers. So anybody in the room who has brought in a sample wine before, if you're going to do it the correct way and not have them just send it to your house, a producer send you a bottle of wine, uh, which you might be getting in trouble for, you're going to go online to the TTB website. Uh, there's going to be a standard cover letter that you'll find there. You will uh, you'll put, I'm going to be importing three bottles of this Nero d'Avla from uh, Azienda Agricola G. Malazzo in Sicily to be used as samples. Um, and then you, you add a couple other pieces of information like your basic importer's permit number and things like that. Uh, you submit it to the TTB and you will hopefully uh, be given a waiver that enables you to bring in those wines even though you do not have a cola for those wines. Um, then some other things that are going to come after this, uh, it's about time again. Uh, when I first started, I had I'm still learning a lot, right? Um, but when I first started, I had no idea about how am I going to logistically get this bottle from Italy and get it to my warehouse in DC? How am I going to do this? Um, I called up a couple different importers and I asked them about, you know, who, who do you use for shipping? Who's, who's the best at doing this? Um, and this is something that I'd recommend in the process as well. Um, I called up a young lady from uh, Bliss Imports. Uh, she recommended that I talk to Hillebrand. Um, I talked to Hillebrand and got a quote from them. And then I talked to another individual who recommended that I talk to Giorgio Gori. What I learned in this process, which it seems like common sense, but once I got that quote from Hillebrand, then I got a quote from Giorgio Gori first time. Giorgio Gori's quote was a little bit less expensive than Hillebrand's quote. So then I went back to Hillebrand and said, hey, can you match this price? And Hillebrand not only matched it, but then they went lower. So um, when you're looking into shipping, you don't have to be super aggressive about pricing and I need a better price or something like this, but you want to compare back and forth between different companies uh, to get the best price available. Otherwise, um, especially when you're starting out and you're a small importer, uh, they're not going to necessarily give you a very advantageous price um, for your product. Um, so, I'm trying to figure out how to get to that. Um, and then, so once you get the, the wine to your warehouse, um, you're going to have to figure out, how am I going to sell this to clients? How am I going to sell um, a product that nobody's ever heard of? Um, and going back for, before that a little bit, you have to actually find that product. So how do you find a product? Um, I found my, my different producers in many different ways. Uh, the way that I initially found them, and I think is probably the best if you have the time and the ability to do it, is I took a trip to Italy. 
Um, so my backstory with my wife is we got married. She encouraged me to start the business. It was my passion and it's become our passion. I quit my job uh, and we went to Italy for two weeks. Um, during those two weeks, we rented a car and we drove all over from Rome, three hours east to Abruzzo, where we found Cantina Galasso. And we drove five hours south to Puglia. We found Cantina Albea. We went into Calabria and then over to Sicily and we found a producer, uh, Azienda Agricola G. Malazzo, uh, at a little wine bar in a town called Giardini Naxos. Um, and in doing it, that way you meet the producers. And it's, it's such a, a big thing when you're starting out in every single facet of your business, you have to have the relationships. You have to be able to look at a producer in the eye and understand that you're on the same page. You guys want, uh, you want the same things. You don't want to just sell a wine uh, and then be done with it. You want to create a relationship, or at least I do. This is my approach. Some, there's also something to be said for just selling wines and getting them out the door and making money. But if you're looking to, uh, to build a portfolio and a company for a long time, you want to find producers that you're excited about um, when they come to town. Um, other ways that you can find producers as well, um, I've done a lot of work on LinkedIn. That's why I'm here today. Um, I, uh, it's, it's a little bit odd, but it's kind of my secret for LinkedIn is I just friend everybody. Um, so if you go on LinkedIn and you, if you're not worried about people being upset about you friending them and you just friend everybody, you're going to build up a presence. And this is the advantage that we have today. Um, somebody like myself who had no background as an actual importer, had no contacts in Italy, in France, in Uruguay, in South Africa, uh, in Argentina. Now I do. And I do because I can click on an app on my phone and I can connect with that person in Uruguay. Now, because I've friended all of these different individuals, I have messages all day, every day, because this is the world we're in right now where you all know how many good wines are out there. And with the way that the industry has been consolidated right now, there are only so many people importing and then even so many fewer people distributing right now. And a lot of those big importers and those big distributors, who I'm sure some are in the room and they're doing a great job and they have great products, um, but if the brand, if there's a brand out there, which there's a lot of them, that doesn't have that name yet, that doesn't register for somebody, um, they're not interested. They're not interested in a brand that's just producing 5,000 cases. But if you're just start, starting out, that's fantastic. 5,000 cases of a of a great wine that you can get in any price point where it's going to over deliver, that's, that's where you start to win. Um, so what I look for with, um, with these different producers is 
can I can I get their wine in? Can I find it at a price point where I feel with complete uh, certainty? Uh, and I'm probably wrong sometimes. I'm still working on my palate. Um, but where I can feel with certainty that this wine is over-delivering for the price point. And it doesn't have to be uh, a wine that you can wholesale for just $6. Um, these can be wines if it's, you know, if you're wholesaling it for upwards of $30, but you feel it drinks like a wine that should wholesale for $50, then you're winning. Um, but I would recommend for somebody who's just starting out, um, from my personal experience, um, if you can find a gem of a wine that you're going to be able to wholesale at a lower price and it has all of the components that come with that, it has a, a good story. I know um, it was mentioned earlier that every wine has a story. Every wine may have a story, but every wine doesn't necessarily have a real story. Um, so if you're starting out in importing, and you can find a producer that has an estate wine, that has a story, that's maybe multi-generational, and the price point is good, um, then, then you can begin to work with it and you can build up not only just your, your portfolio in the, maybe the state where you start or the couple states where you start, but you start to build a reputation. That may be a little bit more difficult to do, um, if you're selling wines that are, you know, upwards $20 and upwards uh, wholesale. Um, so, kind of getting, getting back to the difference though, where I was, uh, I know I'm rambling a bit, but getting back to the difference in um, today's world and what we have at our fingertips um, is the fact that you can find these producers um, in many different ways, but social media is just such a fantastic outlet right now um, where not only do I connect with my producers on LinkedIn, but I'm also connecting with them on a run. Uh, yesterday morning, I'm talking with my producers over in Puglia. Um, I'm FaceTiming with them on a run. That's the a, that's a difference that we have. Um, I'm working on now adding to that to record these conversations um, so that we can show the difference between um, a big distributor, a big importer, and somebody who's small and the authenticity um, that people are looking at, uh, looking for right now. Um, so now you may be, be thinking, this sounds great. Um, but what are, what are the challenges? What are the, the big issues that I'm gonna face um, once I get started out? And I'll tell you the first one that comes to mind for me, which kind of goes back to what I was just discussing, um, is recognition. Uh, you are going to have to be uh, able to able to take a lot, you're going to have to be able to walk into an account and have people laugh at you because they've never heard of you um, or they've never heard of your brands. Um, but if you've hand-selected those brands and you have relationships with the producers, uh, that's probably just going to give you a little bit more inspiration. Um, 
having, having brands that uh, nobody has ever heard of, to me, uh, and to anybody who's probably listening to me that knows what I'm talking about a little bit, uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing in today's world. Um, I hear more from people that are from buyers, whether it's retail or restaurants, that they don't want grocery store brands. So if you're afraid because you can only get brands that nobody wants, you can, you can get those brands that nobody wants because the, nobody, the, the people that don't want them don't want them because they can't sell them. Uh, you, you can sell them. If you're, whether you're sitting here and you've, you're working um, in marketing or you're working as a, a rep um, for a company and you're thinking that I want to start my own thing but I don't know if I can do it or not, um, you're probably doing a pretty good job right now and the job is not going to be that much different um, once you get started and get things rolling. Um, and, that's, and, and that is something as well when you're, when you're getting started out, um, as I kind of talked about with shipping, um, you're going to want to reach out to people. Uh, you're going to want to pick up the phone, like Stephen was saying, you know, for reps, you pick up the phone. Um, as much as we go towards technology and all of this, today, more than ever, I have my cell phone on, on my website and nobody ever calls my cell phone. Um, probably because nobody's going to my website. But um, uh, the thing is, people don't pick up the phone anymore, so when they, they do, uh, some people are kind of offended that you've called them. Why would you call me? You're not my friend. Um, but other people pick up the phone um, and they understand that um, they were there. They were in the exact same spot that you were in and they're good people and maybe they do have a little bit more time on their hands now um, and they're going to uh, give you some help. Um, so I don't, know, I don't know where Giuseppe is, um, if he's still here in the back, um, but this just gives you an idea. I had an account in, um, in Georgetown in Washington, D.C. Uh, there's this uh, a, a kind of elderly chef, Victor Testa. He's from, uh, he's from Naples. He's very energetic. Uh, he tells stories that you think aren't true, but I'm learning to, to find that most of them are. So uh, Chef Testa told me one day when I was in there, he's kind of taken a liking to me and I, I was sitting with him during lunch and having some lunch with Chef Testa. And he said, hey, you, call, you call Leonardo Lacascio, you call him up, you tell him Chef Testa told you to call him. Uh, and I'm like, okay, Chef Testa, I'll, I'll do that. Um, so I went on Facebook, I found Leonardo Lacascio. I messaged him on Facebook. I said, Chef Testa told me he basically built you. He made you everything that you are. This is what Chef Testa says. Um, and I was wondering if I could have a phone call with you. Um, so somebody like this, Leonardo Lacascio, you think, oh, he probably gets a million messages. Why would he respond to some random guy who's just started as an importer? Uh, but he messaged me back probably within an hour. And I scheduled a call with him at you know, 9 o'clock the next morning. We talked for 
probably about 45 minutes or an hour. Um, and he gave me a lot of good advice. And now he's actually somebody who, he probably doesn't even remember my name now, but I'll text him and ask him questions like I had a, I was working on something to start importing in Louisiana and Alabama, and I'm saying, how do I, do I, am I going to take this shipment directly to Louisiana, or am I going to take this shipment from, uh, from the producer in Italy directly to DC and then truck it down to Louisiana? How am I going to do it? How am I going to price it? And I had talked to a lot of people about it, and most people, um, you'll find once you get into importing as a small importer, if you're importing and distributing, um, most people just know a piece of it. They're not necessarily going to know from working with the TTB to the shipping to warehousing to the distribution side to pricing and all of that. Um, so I think the people that have been through it and they, they do know it, they understand and they, they really want to help you. Um, so I was able to place that phone call and, and have somebody help me. Um, I'm trying to think what else I would like to, to lend to you today if I could. Um, I really, I mean, as I stated to start, I, I began my company and I had my first container arrive December 7th, uh, 2016. Uh, it was a 20-foot container, so 600 cases of wine, uh, not a 40-foot, uh, just a little 20-foot container with a couple of my producers from my honeymoon. Um, and, you know, since then, I've learned a lot, um, but I have a lot more to learn going forward, and I think one mistake, or not mistake, one thing that I need to improve upon that I would uh, lend to you after your first 365 um, is, or during your first 365, start to think about who else you can have to bring on to work with you. So I've gone through my first 365 plus another whatever 200 and so. Uh, and I'm sitting here, there's people that I've, I've talked to, um, that I've brought in, and I've been trying to instill in them, uh, see if, if they want to work with us and, and how they would fit in, uh, but I haven't found that person yet, uh, or people. I probably need about two or three people to come on as sales reps and a couple more delivery drivers because there's only one delivery driver right now and there's only one sales rep right now, uh, one pricing person and all of that. Um, so I think your first 365, I can give you a lot of help with that. Um, and, and after that, I'd say during it, start to think about who you're going to you know, who you see, whether they're at the restaurant and they're uh, a server or a manager or a clerk at a wine shop that is just head over heels about wine um, and start to facilitate that relationship. Um, because the most important thing that you can do to, to propel your company after the first 365 
is to bring those other people who are going to get you from 150 accounts to 250 accounts, from being able to, to operate as an importer in two or three states to being able to operate as an importer in 10 states. Um, other than that, I, don't even, I have no idea how much time I have left to chat with you. Um, but for me, probably the, the best thing is to answer questions. Uh, okay, so, and your name is? So Mike's question is, uh, in the first 365 days, how important is the website? I think that can be answered a lot of ways. So for me, it wasn't necessarily of huge importance to have a big fancy website, um, because you have to think about it in terms of what purpose is that website serving. So for me, I operate as an importer and a distributor. Um, so my, my producers, as long as they see that I have a website, they're, they're okay, it doesn't need to be fancy. Um, and then my retailers and my restaurants and all of them, I'm interfacing with them, so they're not necessarily looking at the website, but um, where that comes into place and could be really important is if you're starting to adapt a little bit more towards today's world. Today's world, you might want to be selling some of your wines online. You might want to stand up um, some online retail account. That's something I'm kind of looking at on, on the side, but I'm kind of narrowly focused right now um, on just our import and distribution business, mainly focused on retail and restaurants. So if that's where you're going, not a big deal. You can find a, you know, some type of um, Google website platform that will help you build actually a pretty nice website for free. Paula? My typical day? Uh, uh, every day is different, right? So my, if I had my choice, my typical day would be uh, going, starting my day in my warehouse, uh, which I start mostly Tuesday through Thursday. I start at the warehouse. Um, sometimes I've already printed out uh, my orders for the day. Uh, sometimes I do have my printer in my car as well, so I'll, I'll print out some invoices only while at stop signs, of course, uh, on my way to the warehouse. I'll, I'll load up uh, my car. I'll hopefully, not only will I have appointments with people that, uh, just because I'm delivering to them, um, but I'll also have some scheduled appointments for the day to taste a certain wine. Um, I think that's, depending on when you build out your portfolio, um, how you do it, whether you have a couple producers or like I have uh, over 10 different producers now, you really have to pay attention to getting the wines out in the market and tasting them. Um, I don't always get out as much as I would like to because I don't have a big team now. Um, but the only way to sell wine, especially uh, when you're selling wines that nobody knows about uh, is to get out and taste them. And usually when you, you taste those wines, uh, like Tony has in his portfolio, um, people are going to want to buy them. That 
that's all the time we have for questions today, so let's please give a large round of applause for Mr. Kevin Rapp.